0: Drive-by Cinema. Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun. Hello and welcome. This is Drive-by Cinema. It's season 4, episode 11. 11. And here comes Paul.
1: Have <laughs> you manage expectation and disappointment in the same refuge. Right? Okay, so, yeah, here comes episode 11, all good boys... Don't go to heaven, I, I think the rhyme is, because where are we? Well, we're heading towards
0: a heavenly kind of artificial intelligence tonight, but more of that later. I'm Rick, by the way, and this is the podcast where we're watching movies so you don't have to. And I think Paul might want us to talk about a movie in a bit. Paul, though, first, yeah. anything to tidy up from last week? Oh. Apart from my dignity about shagging in the woods... <laughs> well,
1: um, no, Richard, that is a fabulous, fabulous tale you have got there. One you could tell the grandchildren. I don't, well, I don't the, think I'll be turning out on that. Anecdote. Wait till they're older, yeah. actually. Uh, but tell them when they're of age. No, I, I I, I don't know what made the edit. I was very busy last week and I didn't really necessarily listening like I normally do, or I didn't actually take part in the editing, so I don't know if my somewhat out in the open comments about maybe being glad to see Rottweiler's die got through dead got through to the edit. If they did, can I just confirm that? I, 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 I probably don't want to see cruelty visited on, visited on dogs, no matter what kind of obnoxious,
0: disgusting breed they are. I know I often very mildly chastise you for not having listened to episodes, but on this occasion, Paul, can I say with some relief, I'm glad you didn't, uh, and perhaps we can move on. Or you'll press me on the matter, and I'll be forced to admit that I made a teensy error so small that I hadn't even bothered to correct it. so oh, you
1: uploaded a previous episode.
0: No, no, no. What I did was, imagine you've come to the end of the podcast. Yeah. Regular listeners would be expecting our signature end outro to play. Yeah, Which doesn't have a name yet, actually. Yeah. Instead, what they would have heard if they listened to last week's episode about Eden Lake, they would have heard the intro song play. Oh. And then, after the end of that, they would have heard the intro song play again. Again. And then after the end of that, they would have heard the outro. Whoa! <laughs> so like a musical, like a jive bunny of, 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 <laughs> of, of instrumental, hastily created music—is that right? I don't know what happened. I keep telling you that it's very easy to put music on there. It is obviously very easy because I managed to do it Three times. twice without realising. Oh. Well, one was intentional. I did put the thing at the end. I did have something that I wanted to ask you, Paul, but I'm not sure we got the time to go into the details. Go on, go on, go on, go
1: on, go on. Does it? Is it relate to what we're talking about in any way, what, shape or form?
0: No, it's related to. Cookware. cookware. Oh, oh!
1: Wait a minute. Last week, no, you, you did say that I was a terrible cook, and all I produced was was olive oils in a gruesome tomato no. sauce, Richard. That was just no, you st- deeply egregious thing to say. <laughs> I don't know about your cooking. You said that you
0: had terrible taste in food. I think didn't you? You.
1: Oh, I, well, no, I have terrible. Well, I've got no certain sense of taste, or I'm, well, like I said, I'm getting it back. Bloss- right. Blossomed. But it blossoms and then dulls again. So, are you still in post COVID no taste mode
0: or not? I'm certainly in coughing mode, but I also have a bland kind of taste sensation. Uh, so, you haven't lost your taste completely. I don't know. I've always eaten a lot of beige food anyway, that's quite bland. Maybe I should be taking the opportunity <laughs> yeah, to eat Yeah, really yeah. It, spicy for reference, things. I mean, Richard
1: likes to go to Singapore and eat tomahawk steaks, if that's what he means by beige food, everybody. A different world, really, isn't it, for the money, yeah. And what they see as being beige. How, d- how dare you. Was- as, he, as he wanders, you know, with his with his little uh, key fob from his gated community with its private parking place up to his penthouse suite with its old rubbish chute, can I say.
0: I don't and live he, in a penthouse suite. A rarefied
1: world of, of, of ordinary beige that Richard lives in. It's like Duran Duran, ordinary world, isn't it?
0: I don't live in a penthouse suite, Paul. I oh, live of course you one... don't, no.
1: I live he lives more... in a penthouse suite, and it's got Damien Hirst artwork in the public hallways, Yeah, and no. it's got Henry Moore plastic no.
0: cows, no. Liechtenstein uh... cows, in the garden. It does have cows. No, the Damien Hirsts were taken down because people started to steal them.
1: <laughs> they were taken down by people stealing them. They we were taken down by people to stop people from stealing them. Both, to I stop assume. people
0: stealing them. Well, the partially. Polish... Wow. It's been replaced by art by residents, actually, for the most part. We have that, too. We, we call it the community. <laughs> art <laughs> therapy, yeah. yeah. Did art I type. tell
1: you about the time I went to Grundy Art Gallery in Blackpool? i just arrived in the fair town of Blackpool. I thought, oh, God, look, there's an art gallery. How wonderful. What a little Victorian building that is. stuck out in the middle of a Hounsville shopping centre. I'll pop in there and see what's on offer. And then I was, like, confronted by some of the most challenging art I've ever seen. It was like a papier-mâché effigy of a dead person on a beach, like, with a Union Jack face and, like, pervert plastic mac. And I was just just taken aback by it. And then I kind of looked around and looked at the people, the people watching, and I realised it was an art exhibition done by children with Down syndrome.
0: Wow, okay. That took a turn, Paul. Yeah, but I, I like
1: because I mean, like, if he, I did, I, I think it was advertised. But I just rushed in there on a Saturday, and I didn't realize that. And I just thought, oh my god, somebody's like doing gruesome sort of papier mâché, like Frank bottom versions of dead people found on beaches, kind of thing. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was a genuine attempt to, you know, produce a, a realistic and sort of photorealistic. I think
0: art is supposed to be confronting, Paul. Sounds like it did its job for you.
1: And then I kind of got into it, because then they, they, like, they had some of the kids doing, like, sort of video montages of their feelings, to sound, and to, they got them to create sort of random shapes and animations and talk about their feelings, and, and so there were, like, ex- there were happenings and experiences within it. I thought it was very, very brave kind mm. of art thing to
0: do. I don't know. I'm not so keen on the whole sharing your feelings thing. I think I might be a robot, Paul, but we can talk about that, perhaps, after a sting of the appropriate music, which I promise I won't get wrong this time. Here we go. Now, Paul, you tell yeah. me that you made no notes on this movie. I
1: don't, well, we watched this in the movie, this is a brand new movie. Shall we say what the name of the movie is? I guess we can reveal now, can't we? It's the creator, isn't it? New the out. Creator.
0: The creator. Well, it was new out a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, when we watched it, who knows what I'll be able to remember of this entire thing? Oh heck! So I made on notes because I can't make notes in a cinema. Okay, okay, but you know who this was directed and partially written by, don't you? I'm gonna say Gareth Hughes, but I know that's the wrong name. <laughs>
1: Gareth Edwards, Gareth, both Welsh names, very Welsh, very Welsh twang to both of those names. Okay. Gareth Edwards, yes. Now, Gareth why Edwards. do we know Gareth Edwards? What is his name? Because he's been he's done tons of shit before, hasn't he?
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Is I that no answer? Advance. I know in advance that Paul doesn't know any of this.
1: <laughs> look, I did actually look this up, and I thought, oh fuck! I hope Richard knows this. Well, I, well, I know you know it because you know all about directors. It's well, the kind but, of no, thing you know about. Listen.
0: Cool. One of them you ought to know because know it. we've reviewed his movie. Yes. Before one of his other movies uh, in the podcast season. Uh, no, sorry, it's not coming to me. I'm myself. If one, you, please, well, uh, if you do, it will save me a job. Remember, <laughs> the, remember the movie that was about like a, a guy and a girl on a kind of road trip through Mexico? But the yeah, of these aliens. Was,
1: uh, but it was it was brilliantly done because we've also wow amazing things he's done with the budgeting there.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. So that was Gareth
1: Edwards. And did he write that too? I'm not sure he wrote it, but what was it we can called? Look that
0: up. Monsters. It was called. Okay,
1: that's right. Okay, she had to get back to the US because aliens were terrorizing the whole of the American continent, and America seemed to be on the safe place. When they got back, America had. Fallen asunder too, is that right?
0: Yes, I think that was the plot. Yeah. But it was mostly about them running and hiding from, from oh, Rich from Daddy this.
1: who owned on the newspaper. No, from aliens, I think.
0: From these floating kind of aliens with long. Right. Did they Electrical, walk? On, electrical aliens,
1: like, yeah. yes. yes. It was but good. It didn't anyway. blow up I gas stores. It was I think, good, I think yeah. We liked it, yeah. We did like it. But we that's were...
0: not what he's most famous for. Oh. Because he has added a movie to a very big franchise indeed.
1: He has, and that would be Star Wars Rogue One. You see, I did read you about this. Do know? You do know? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know about. It. I read about it about two days
0: ago, Richard. And so Rogue One, not on the main kind of track of the.
1: Is it even on the I radar? Think. I don't know. Is it the one where Harrison Ford has to break into another world?
0: No, 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 no. No, that's Solo, and that's not very well regarded. But it's I terrible. Think Rogue One, by contrast, I think is widely regarded to be probably one of the best top. For Star Wars remakes, films. Yeah. certainly the best of the additional films. Have you seen Rogue One or not? Because you I, I have, them. but I don't remember what it is. I was forced. I was force-fed
1: these when I worked for Disney. We had to watch it. <laughs> we were paid to watch it. Right. Every single Disney movie I've watched, well, of most of them, and so they all blur into another, and 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 it's tainted the whole Star Wars franchise because of that.
0: It Disney excite you, does it, Paul? Disney excite Disney excite you. So Rogue One is... Rewarding. Rogue One is a story told just before the very first 1977... Yeah, A New Hope, yeah. It tells the story that is briefly mentioned in the opening crawl of Star Wars. Are there Mandalorians? No, oh. no.
1: I'm not interested in that. Tells-
0: It tells a story that is very briefly mentioned where they say spies have found the plans to the Death Star. Yes! That's what Rogue One is all about. It's expanding on that sort of one-liner of the very first movie. And it tells a story which... It tells you the
1: story of George George Lucas looking at other novels in the Dune trilogy and seeing what he can get out of them. No, no, he doesn't do that. No,
0: (laughs) No, I think Rogue One is... First of all, it hues very true to the original Star Wars in its style. Right. But Gareth Edwards really understood the way it should look and how it should feel. Okay. and Rogue One manages to capture that because it's let's not to compare that to Solo,
1: Richard. We're not allowed to look at that.
0: Are we? We forget Solo Solo doesn't manage this, but I mean, it's down to the fact that you know a lot of the cast uh, were styled with like '70s hairstyles to match the look of the 1977 movie. Did it have that nice,
1: slightly out of focus, soft focus that the Star Wars first movie had? Ah, well, the, he actually the used, Halo effect.
0: He used the Panavision lenses that they used in the so original. So did get that nice kind movie. of movie. He he got the same optics Whoa. to film it. It was filmed digital, sharp
1: and smooth at the same time. Is how I describe it. It's very hard. It's a very weird kind of effect that first Star
0: Wars kind of visual. But he also made a movie that had grown up with its audience because Rogue One is ultimately the story about all, how all the heroes die, sacrificing themselves to get this vital data that's going to kick the rest of the Star Wars trilogy off. And story of up R2-D2's us. Ultimately, yes, though, you're right. It does get put in, inside R2. Inside you? I want to be inside you. R2. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think everybody's favourite was R2 as a kid. Is that not right? I, wanted, I so wanted to be R2. I just used you to want dream to of be R2. yeah. I wanted to become R
0: two like that's what I wanted to be. Okay. Like, well, that's a very interesting take, Paul, because we're about to discuss a film that discusses how droids, as it were, how robots would fit into the world. But it's important to mention Rogue One because this film is, in a sense, Gareth Edwards kind of making it again in a way without having the baggage of Star Wars to deal with. Yes. But it, it, I think it. he's trying to do the same again. Rogue One is putting the wars in Star Wars. There's a scene on the beach in a sort of jungle planet, which is very reminiscent of a lot of kind of Vietnam movies. And I think you can see in the creator a very strong kind of Vietnam-esque quality to a lot of the... Oh, the y- yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 definitely. So in some ways, again, he's, he's making another war movie, but this time... Unshackled from the whole Star Wars kind of juggernaut. That's a bit. Well, there's
1: that. There's there's the whole, there's the if you like, of uh, Lucas, but then there's the whole uh, intellectual property process of working with
0: Disney, isn't there? Uh, Which is a whole different experience. So So we'd better talk about the creator rather than Rogue One, hadn't we, suddenly? So it's a story ostensibly about artificial intelligence, putting it Hmm. in extremely topical territory.
1: AE bad AI bad human good yeah would that be fair it starts off that
0: way doesn't it that's the that's the trope that we've come to expect from AI haven't we mm-hmm. but the thing is at the beginning of the movie there's a bit of an exposition dump to explain what the hell is going on isn't there and it's 2055 apparently yeah and we're told that AIs have been kind of chumming around with us for a bit but suddenly oh what they cause not a
1: nuclear explosion in bloody Los Angeles something like that
0: Yes, Paul, exactly oh,
1: right. Oh, oh, good guess, yeah.
0: Apparently, AI has decided to blow up a nuclear bomb in Los <laughs> Angeles for reasons that are never really satisfactorily explained. Now,
1: the world comes down pretty much on two sides, the West and the not West, yeah?
0: There's an area that's called New Asia, which is yeah. Asia. And it is, yeah, yeah. And there's the, the US. West. And its allies, the West. And the West have decided to eradicate all AIs. So it but Larry and Jihad, almost. Nuclear bombs. Yes, yeah, so I suppose that is true. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, the East, being, uh,
1: you know, open-minded and embracing the in and the out of everything, have decided to consider it to be evolution and accept that we are now... Not at the apex of intellectual endeavour and to accept
0: overlords that will become our masters. Well, maybe it's because they think, actually, nuclear bomb's not that bad. We've had two go off in our territory (laughs) and we got on with it. So is the West right, yeah. So maybe it's not so bad. So yeah, in the West, uh, sorry, in New Asia... In New Asia, they've decided to live with the AIs, with the robots. Now, there are two main types of robot that we see in this film. Don't you yeah. really notice this? One is robots that look very much like the robot in in Rogue One, which is they're all metal and got a sort of elongated head and a little flappy jaw. And the other look almost entirely like a
1: human being. But they're not wetware, are they? They're entirely sort of created. Or are they? Or are they just like sort of rebooted humans?
0: No, they're... Well, that's complicated, mm. isn't it? You're being a bit of a substrate chauvinist here, aren't you, Paul? I mean, who knows what they're running on. No, but, I mean, but are they taking carcasses like Duncan Idaho? And like no, 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 they're not taking they're carcasses. Not. Okay, leaving Dune aside, although you're sure you're going to be continually referring to it, even though, <laughs> even though there are no AIs in Dune. There are, but there is Duncan Idaho. With this, with this and I know how to pronounce it, it's Telechu Eyes. Right, okay. The other type of, of robot that we're describing, yeah, it's got a human-like face, a likeness, but the, apparently they can't do ears, so they have a highly robot-like like back of the head and a hole that goes clean through their head. From no, the that
1: hole lie. is there to rotate at high velocity. It's some sort of gyroscopic kind of hard drive, isn't it? That it's hole. like
0: balancing for them, maybe. I don't know. Oh. I, I can't think of oh, any earthly wow. reason why yeah, they go. would be there. Why wouldn't it's, they cover them up, though? I don't know. I mean, if you want a face to look human, fine. But why not just put ears on it as well? I mean, surely in a fight, it would make them incidental. You just have to
1: thread some fishing wire through that, and you could pull their head either way, couldn't you? I mean, Paul, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, I suppose it makes them vulnerable. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like like in a fight when you pull somebody's hoodie over their head and then beat them up <laughs> through their hoodie. Is it? It's like it's like a fatal weakness.
0: <laughs> I think it's there let's assume, it's there because it looks cool.
1: It does it is look cool.
0: a great visual effect.
1: A great visual effect. But also it means their heads are like Nefertiti-esque. Like those wonderful African women that grow their necks long and their foreheads up and back Ooh. and forth, forth like that. It gives them that kind of royal appearance. Would that be That's fair? That's weird,
0: isn't it? Those women who stretch their necks with yeah. rings. That's weird fashion, isn't it? Just goes to show you. I mean, I know Fashion makes us do all kinds of weird things, but that is extreme body modification. I and don't... intriguingly, when they take the chains off, your neck doesn't shrink back
1: down, does it? That's so hard. They've so got floppy necks forever. F- floppy,
0: though? Why would they be floppy?
1: Well, the necks, like, they're highly elongated, Richard.
0: You could hold it up, though, like a giraffe. No, a you can't. It's not a <laughs> giraffe neck, it's a human neck. I put it to you, Paul, that you. Have no clue what you're talking about here. You don't well,
1: yeah, just, well, well. Wait a minute. Okay, my teaching assistant put that to me the other day. I suggested that giraffes don't sleep lying down. He said he'd been to both Whipsnade, or whatever it's called, and the one near Cheshire. Wow, well travelled then. And would seen giraffes <laughs> lying down, sleeping Was he wearing a
0: pith helmet, S- lying shots? down, <laughs> sleeping on on the floor. Why do you, Why do you think that they can't lie down? Do you think that when they put their heads down? They, uh, <laughs> they can't get squatted. back up <laughs> <It's like> again. <ants laughs> no, the blood pressure would be so high, <laughs> wouldn't it? themselves over. Blood pressure would be so high, probably right, bleed okay. from their eyes, wouldn't
1: they? I think, Rich, you've just done a whole Richard Dawkins there. Richard Dawkins is there and discovered something that people don't realise. I think it might be the blood pressure. There are two classical adaptational reasons that people suggest. One is that it takes quite a long time <laughs> for a giraffe to stand up from its prone sleeping position. Yeah, I, I mean, I know how they feel. <laughs> it is vulnerable to predatorial attack. Yeah, I mean, I do know how they feel. <laughs> and so uh, in the textbooks, we are, we are told that giraffes typically have very short naps standing up <laughs> with maybe I know old, how they feel. <laughs> with a droopy head at most. Okay, They might, if they're feeling comfortable, go on their knees to sleep, nothing else. They might go on their knees, their fore knees as well, their hind knees, and kind of do a a, a prayer poof, a prayer (laughs) mat kind of version of sleep.
0: We were talking about the weird human, humanoid robots. That's right, yeah. In contrast to the robot robots. Now, we know from parts of the film that those human robots can take... They sometimes use the likenesses of people's faces because there's... That's where I got confused, Okay to donate their likenesses. But I don't know why they would need to do that. Why don't they just go to Facebook and pull off a picture of someone's face? Just mid-journey it,
1: you know. I'm sure you can mid-journey, mid-journey it, sure. yourself to, to to your 3D printer and get something great in latex. But bit of
0: generative AI. That's all you need, isn't it?
1: Or I'm pretty sure you could go holographic, you could go uh, opaque holographic and just change the faces you wish
0: and will. In the film, those humanoid-faced robots are played by actors, and obviously they have the back of their head digitally, Digitally replaced, don't they? Ah. Were they, for you, were they in the Uncanny Valley or have they mounted Canny Mountain to the other side?
1: <sighs> What's the criterion there? When you say Canny, canny Mountain, what would that be? You, you know what the Uncanny Valley is, don't you? Uncanny Valley is, like, so good it's real?
0: No, okay. Oh. Let's explain then. When we've been creating human faces and figures. Yeah. Particularly in computer graphics animation, but also in robotics. You start off with a robot robot, like one of those square things that you wound up and walked along, and it's just got like a square face, and it's obviously a robot. And they're kind of cute. And then you get to cuter robots with like round eyes and smiling faces and eyebrows and stuff and they're still cute but no one is under any illusion that they're people or anything because it's a huge
1: area of research is how to make robots emote in a way that users can accept
0: yes yeah and to make them relatable yeah Mm -hmm. now they discovered a weird thing particularly in computer animation but it also happened in robotics when they started putting like faces rubber faces on things which is there comes a point where you're getting something which starts to look quite human. But disconcerting. Exactly. Like Facebook avatars. There's Dude. something off about them. You don't know what it is. You can't put your finger on it, but you know. That Mar- they're not. Okay, so Uncanny Valley is the Mark Zuckerberg effect. Yeah, yeah, partly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Do you know, I mean, you haven't been on Facebook for years, Richard, but do you know when people post and they have like an image of themselves, but it's not themselves, it's like a weird, not cartoon, but avatar version. I, I can
0: imagine such a thing, yes. Those the fa- Those Facebook avatars really freak me out. Well, this is the uncanny valley. Now, it is assumed, of course, that I and mean, we know it's true, that as you start getting really realistic, you start going back up... Out of uncanny valley. To the point where it's a human, and it's obviously not uncanny anymore. You relate to it, and you treat it as a as a person, as a human. Now, a lot of the research is about avoiding falling into that uncanny valley you either get things that are really exaggerated and cute to stay on this side of it, or they have to spend a lot of time building very sophisticated simulations so you start climbing up towards realistic. And we're really just, only just starting, you know, with deep fakes and stuff like that. We're only just starting to get up that other side of the Uncanny Valley. Almost all CGI stuff. If you think about Toy Story, for example, obviously Toy Story stars all of the toys... So they don't look like real people. In fact, as soon as real, like the kids, are interacting in Toy Story, it all looks a bit weird, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it, with their freckles. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so I ask again, then, how do you think the robots in, in the creator work with respect to the Uncanny Valley?
1: The first kind, the highly mechanical variety, I thought were very convincing. Sure, yeah. The kind of robo-copy ones, yeah. The ones that often are the Thai police or the New Asia police. Got a thing to say about New Asia in a second. I I would say (laughs) the the central robotic characters that we follow here, including, if you like, the child child robot god, uh, whose name I haven't looked up this week, unfortunately. So I had no problem with them, no. They seem to be how I'd expect a robot, an AI robot in 2055, to be. Yeah.
0: But I, yeah. I accept it on that level. So convincing, I think. Presumably that's what they're supposed to be doing in 2055, is these are robots designed to be relatable for humans to interact with. And the other kind of robots are just utility robots that are not expected, probably, to do that kind of stuff. But it's not really clear. It's not re- never really explained. There's a lot that's not explained in this, isn't there? But the exposition yeah. dump at the beginning does mention a name called Nirmata. Which is which is uh, Napoleon for
1: the creator apparently?
0: Napoleon, okay,
1: or maybe Bhutanian somewhere up there,
0: up in the up in the Himalayas. The creator, of course, being the creator of the robots of the AI technology.
1: Yeah. Now I have a little problem with uh, New Asia. It's like all the Japanese and all the Chinese and all the Thai are getting together under this umbrella of future back, future past, no forward time kind of Buddhist kind of mantra thinking. Yeah.
0: As if those nations aren't incredibly insular. And, you know,
1: <laughs> and it's just like, what? Just, <laughs> I had a big problem with that. But I understand they've got to simplify. But I had a really big problem with that. It just, it just didn't convince
0: at all. The other problem with this story is we, we learn that after this bomb has gone off, after the US is trying to hunt down all the AI, they're also trying to hunt down Nirm- Nirmata, the creator. Yes. Because why? I, I, I don't know why. Why do so, they? Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, there, there
1: are some rather large holes in the doors to this movie to this, this vehicle, aren't there? Because
0: creator doesn't matter anymore. She's made
1: these AIs. And they're, they're ready. This is now reinforcement learning. They're ready to make
0: themselves, I guess they, aren't can they? make. Yeah, we know they can make themselves, and we know people <sighs> in New Asia are making them anyway in robot factories. I mean, let's put it this way. Suppose you wanted to get rid of all Teslas. Yeah, killing Elon Musk wouldn't have any impact on that. It would, would
1: not. It? No. In fact, it might help Teslas. Really, if you think about yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> so, I think it. So it
0: could help us all. So
1: <laughs> uh, let's just uh, distance ourselves those those suggestions. Actually, okay. Before we get uh, a, a lawsuit from him, no. What I mean is, uh, like, okay. So, so you're right about all that. But there's Perky. another problem. Okay, it's the idea that, okay, the West has decided to really clamp down on these AI beings. Asia's not, well, Asia's kind of harboring them, but isn't. And the US is essentially operating on, if you like, operating in the same way operating on a Pakistani soil against Osama Bin Laden, yeah, without the sort of strong countervention of the host new asia states to what the states is trying to do to these ai robots and i just wouldn't buy that at all i mean it doesn't make any sense why new asia would just allow these rather impressively imagined i don't know what you call them us kind of mother load ships to hover over new asia and kind of scan with its sort of weird nightlight, nightlight for for ai
0: build. Uh, well now you're talking about the special war machine that the americans have got called nomad yeah which apparently stands for the North American Orbital Mobile Aerospace Defense. Thank you. And it looks like a big like T-shape, doesn't it? It's got sort of yeah. wings and a T hanging down in the middle. And it beams down a bright moon blue light to what it's trying to look
1: for. Is that necessary? Is that just to say, <laughs> hey, people, we're here? Yeah. I mean, couldn't you
0: like, detect, with, couldn't it be couldn't detect with infrared, yeah. maybe? Or that kind of thing that people can't see? Does it announce your presence, maybe? And what it does when it finds what it wants, which is usually something to blow up, is it fires missiles. And they're obviously, by the way, cruise missiles because they, <laughs> they go down and then they follow the path to the aiming point that it's beaming down with its big lasers, doesn't it? That's what it's doing, right? I think so. And all of that is very unconvincing because it seems a bit pointless to have a giant tea thing floating in the sky to fire cruise missiles when you can already do that from a submarine or from a plane or... (laughs) And also, you know, talking about New
1: Asia, I mean, in Asia, like, in many of the countries... Like, the, the lorries that deliver stuff at night will often have fluorescent kind of disco lights on them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, and so this giant structure, they decided to put bright white lights all over it, just to announce where <laughs> it is, which is very
0: strange. Like, you couldn't shoot at it or anything like that. Well, they have no way of destroying it, do they, initially? Anyway, we're going to follow <laughs> one guy through this story, played by... played by, Paul? Played by a famous actor. Who we saw in Tenor, of course. It's John we David did. Washington. J.D.W. Right. Okay, I didn't know that, but thank you. Same guy. He's playing a guy called Sergeant Joshua Taylor. And at the very start of the movie, when it opens... He's got a backstory of that nuclear explosion, hasn't he? Yes, he lost his arm and his leg, and I think his family in Los Angeles. So, he's got uh, a bone to pick. He's got a vengeance thing against the AIs. And he is an undercover operative working with the US military. And he's actually in New Asia, getting very close, he thinks. Trying
1: to find... The, the
0: creator, but as he's hanging out undercover in the right, resistance crew that's full of robots, and he's we also get
1: the usual story of different U.S. departments
0: counter conflicting with each other. If that's a word, he's also married, isn't he? He's found he this rather beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman lady. called Maya, played by Gemma Chan, who seems <laughs> to get roles playing robots or robot-related stuff quite often these days, doesn't she? She was in Humans on Channel Four. As you say, though, the US military cross-purposes and Nomad arrives and a load of soldiers go down on the ground. I don't know why you'd want infantry when you're going to bomb it with a cruise missile. But they go in. <laughs> I think they're looking for Namata. And they come and tell him that they're about to bomb the place. And he's saying, no, we're very close. I've nearly, I think I've nearly found Namata. This is his daughter. I've married. Girlfriend overhears him. And so, obviously, she feels completely Pray. betrayed. Although she's in New Asia, she does seem to be
1: very well-spoken in British, doesn't she?
0: She does. Well, Gemma Chan is very well-spoken in British. Oh. She runs off with the rest of the rebels, as it were. Nomad fires its missiles, and JDW's nearly caught up in the explosion, but he, he makes it back home.
1: But it seems his girlfriend on her ship or a boat, her escaping boat, has been blown
0: up out of, into smithereens. Yeah. It looks that way. They go towards where the missiles hit, don't they? Back home in the U.S., for some reason, Joshua, Sergeant Joshua is now on a detail clearing up dead robots from Ground Zero in Los Angeles. I don't know why they would put him on that job. Maybe he likes it. He's
1: got no arms and hands, yeah. But He's
0: there. got a robot hand and a robot arm. A robot leg and a robot arm, pole. Yeah, so, they, they, so they're okay with, what, non-programmatic
1: robots? They just don't want intelligent robots. Is that okay?
0: Well, this is the problem with the film, isn't it? Despite yeah. its promise to talk about AI doesn't really at all address the question of whether AI are sentient, whether they deserve rights, whether they should be allowed to live in peace, have a nation maybe even. We get it addressed in a very superficial
1: way, which is off-switch.
0: Well, that's how he justifies killing all of the robots he sees, isn't it? They're in the ground zero and they're pulling robot drivers out of cars that were all blown up on the highway. 'Cause apparently that's how we'll use AIs in twenty fifty five. We'll still have cars. We've got driving us cars, we'll have driven cars but driven by a robot. Driven
1: by robots. <laughs> yeah, okay. The more we pick into this actually, the more there's <laughs> like some of these are serious errors, aren't they, in movie making, I would say, in terms
0: of in terms of world creation. But this whole scene, I think its only purpose really, is to tell us why it's okay that they're killing robots, or the USR, or to make a flimsy kind of pretext, or yeah, a, a little bit like the way Isra- Israel is now ha- has a flimsy pretext for committing genocide in the West Bank. Correct. He's pulling this robot out of this car with another buddy who's next to him, and as the robot kind of wakes up, for it was, it was in sleep mode, I presume, and it survived the nuclear blast because it's a robot, but it suddenly wakes up and it's clearly really concerned about the human passengers of its car because it's saying their names as if it was trying to protect them of course it's futile because they've turned to dust in the nuclear blast the girl who's with him clearly is a bit emotionally affected by the fact that this robot seems to be caring for its human charges yeah she sort of questions him but he quite what's the word Brusquely. Yeah, he just switches it off, doesn't he? And he says so off switch. They're just machines, he just switches them off. Well, he's been undercover in the
1: field, hasn't he, in New Asia, so I, I guess he knows about those depraved Orientals and and, and, and and their deal with the robot devil, so there we go.
0: But he clearly wants out, doesn't he? He's had enough. Until the US Yeah, that's
1: I actually like that. I thought the acting jaded jaded sure. uh sort of
0: veteran. Well they killed his that wife came across didn't quite well. They killed his yeah, wife. Yeah. He did that very well as an actor. And he's clearly somewhat conflicted. Although he was doing his job, he had also married this woman who he thinks might be connected to their their prime target.
1: But And he did that well. He did this conflicting sort of things pulling you either way can make you weaker as a person, kind of very, very sort of vulnerable. I, I got that from him and I thought that was one of the things that the movie managed to communicate. Didn't really communicate much about robots. I managed to communicate the human sort of side of this better, I thought.
0: Absolutely. For me, this movie, it's really just Gareth Edwards trying to make a war movie. The fact that you can make these AIs become these foes that you can just kill freely because they're not people. And it's unproblematic, isn't it? You don't need to worry. Rather like in Star Wars, you don't need to worry about killing stormtroopers. In the same way, you make a movie about AIs that are trying to blow us up. You can get away with blowing lots and lots of AIs up. You can have a war movie that's untroubled by any ethical concerns. Even though, in a way, it's all, a, all about AI ethics or how we treat AIs. It really doesn't grapple with that, except in the most superficial terms. I mean, Star Wars was so popular with kids.
1: I'm not sure it was conceived as a kids movie, the first one, was it, necessarily? Oh, it was I conceived not But it, it's a simple morality of good and bad. It's very It's very black and white. And so I think what he's trying to do here is to present that black and white morality and then say to himself in the orders, wait a minute, what about New Asia? Are they doing the right or the wrong thing? Maybe they're in the right and maybe the West is in the wrong. Well, we're, certainly supposed,
0: he... to, we're supposed to side with New Asia, aren't we, from the start? Yes. I think.
1: Well, it's very clear that he, he's saying that they have a much more elevated philosophical and even perhaps religious sense about humanity, what is good for humanity and humanity's role, humanity's position with the rest of the world. Yeah, It's very clear that he's very much about New Asia being where it's at in terms of future values. But what he does do is, I think, push forward an idea of post-American economic and military colonialism, where... He, he puts forward quite a strong, strongly put thesis of Robust thesis, which is America can no longer consider itself to be in the right simply because it's the strongest nation. And therefore, the whole movie is cast in an idea of pluralism, where we're supposed to double take what's happening at each stage and consider
0: it from both sides, I think. Hmm. Hmm. I think that's true. If that makes sense. It does make sense. We'll come back to that in a minute, I think. The next bit of the movie is where... The US military's bosses basically turn up trying to pull him out of retirement because they think they've found this special weapon that the AI has created, which they codename Alpha O. And They want him to go back into where he was, wherever it was in the New Asia. I think it's supposed to be Thailand, isn't it? It is Somewhere. Thailand, yeah. They want him to go back in and guide a strike team into the laboratory that they've located and figure out what this weapon is and deactivate it or whatever. They convince him to do this by showing him videos that look like his wife, Maya, is still alive and tantalise him with the potential that he might be able to speak to her again and perhaps explain himself.
1: Did you foresee the fact that he was gonna doubt whether when he met her again or or see videos from her did he either think it
0: was deep fake or not deep fake? Hmm. I wasn't thinking that. I was assuming that she was oh. gonna be a, a robot, obviously. That was what I was thinking. But he gets
1: like video transmissions from her, doesn't he? And he has to take on faith at some point. And then about ten minutes later, it's like, oh, are these just deep fake? I don't know if they're deep fake or not, kind of thing.
0: Well, he's desperate to <laughs> see her again, so you know he's he wants to believe, doesn't he? He'll believe it. Because but I kind he- of thought the movie was plodding
1: quite predictable lines at times with some of these some of these minor story
0: sto- uh, story elements. He winds up on this mission, which is very kind of Vietnam, special forces stuff. Now, obviously, the the whole insertion goes terribly wrong, and there's loads of explosions and cool fights. But he winds up in the laboratory. A lot of the strike team end up dead, one way or another. Mm -hmm. He winds up in the laboratory, gets into a special vault, and he opens it. And inside, he's expecting to find this super weapon, Alpha O, that can destroy Nomad. And what he finds instead, Paul, is... A child. Well, 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 a robot child. A child. A child with a human face, but with the ears with the hole through the middle. <laughs>
1: the African elongated neck ears, yeah. So now we get on to... I, I don't know what point this kind of renegade, guerrilla kind of Vietnamese-style army led by a Japanese colonel starts happening. Played by Ken Watanabe. Harun, oh. is, he's called. A when do they start up, making start an up. appearance? Is it about now once once the kid's out of the
0: Well he has to escape with the kid, doesn't he? And Which is no easy task, but he manages it. There's adopt an exciting of it, sort of series of near miss moments where police kind of nearly uh, The action is good. And then we we've been here with
1: the Korean movie about adopted kids, haven't we? Where they have to like hide the kids <laughs> in a
0: car. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. gotta... the parallels are played uh, to see there, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Except, a, of a course. a painted movie about about adopted kids and orphans versus no. Wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. checkpoints in <laughs> Asia. Uh, and that kind of thing. Okay, I was saying there's
1: checkpoints where they have to get through. That's all I'm saying. But the I don't know if you've ever been to Thailand in the last ten years, but they're kind of like really souping up their their pickup trucks. But here we take it to another level, which is souped up Thai pickup trucks, pimped up. Type pickup trucks, but very, very futuristic ones. As as he tries to escape wherever to,
0: I don't know. He ends up going to a friend of his who like works with robots and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. Who actually has a robot girlfriend, although we don't discover that initially. A robot girlfriend who doesn't have the ear thing. She's got like I don't think she's got like normal human ears. So she's like a fully simulated human. Isn't his army boss, the female army boss, hot on his tail at some point? Yes, absolutely. The Americans are are tracking them down. Yeah, that's right. So the New Asia police, I think, find the apartment where he's staying with his friend. Because, of course, they want to to recover the, the asset or what? Yes, they do, absolutely. And they kill his simulated girlfriend, that guy's simulated girlfriend. And the Americans also close in at the same time. But his friend, who's this robot expert, tells him that this little girl, who he calls Alfie, is really powerful, potentially a weapon. Because she seems to have the ability to connect to other technology and, like, deactivate it, doesn't she? She could, like, switch your toaster off before it's popped, that kind of thing, using the power of her mind or her Wi-Fi network or whatever she's got. Yeah, put it that way, it's not that
1: impressive, is it, really? If she's just got a Wi-Fi key.
0: But there we go. Well, I think we're given to understand that although it starts off modest, and it's very useful to be able to shut down robots in this world. The power grows, doesn't it? It's going to grow, her range will increase. And they're expecting to be able to use her to shut down Nomad, the super weapon, and save them all from the Americans. Whoa. And I think around this point, they're captured by the New Asia robots led by Harun, the uh, simulant soldier that we mentioned. And Harun actually does a bit more exposition because he explains some stuff. He used to know Joshua, Sergeant Taylor, when he was married to Maya. He says initially he'll never take her to see Maya because he doesn't trust Joshua, obviously, because he double-crossed them all. But Alfie, I think, was injured and got deactivated or something during the attacks. So I think they... They know that they've got to get Alfie back to Namata, So they're going to have to take him to the inner sanctum. I think Harun explains. He says something about the atomic bomb going off being a mistake or a typo. He's trying to explain. All done by humans, by humans from America. Human programmers, yeah, did something wrong, and that's why the bomb went off. It's not really fully explained, is it, Why why the war started or why the bomb went off? That's... That's not important, apparently. I think it's just there to say New
1: Asia, not necessarily bad. <laughs> yeah. But you can get that just by going on a holiday, riding on an elephant, and eating some noodles, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to bring in yeah. AI to understand that perhaps a hegemonic version of US cultural imperialism, moral rectitude, is a very one-sided
0: opinion. Have you ever ridden an elephant Paul?
1: No, I was reading The Guardian the other day, uh, She, you know, somebody in 2001, whatever, that era, when people used to go on a 14-month trip around the world, including Australia and Thailand, age 22 or whatever. Uh, she went on an elephant ride. Right. Uh, and they borrowed one of the elephants from a neighbouring village. And Uh-oh. so she got on the elephant that was from a neighbouring village and was therefore a bit het up. It started stampeding and then threw her off its back and then rolled over her three times.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And did She, she- broke virtually every bone in her body. Wow. And I survived to tell the tale, by the way.
0: I guess she's not keen on elephant rides then as a...
1: (laughs) Oh, no. She is now a
0: psychotherapist, so... Just confirms my fear of trying to ride any animal. I don't see that as a a smart
1: move. When I was writing online materials for educational entertainment purposes, I had a space-travelling duo of scientifically-oriented young kids who would go... In t- traveling time to different uh, environments and explore and learn science at the same time. It was, that was my bookend story. That was my skin story for the lessons. Okay. And, of course, it was a deck of kind of very simple word activities and the kind of usual stuff you get online. But I got seated by, by the whole teacher body that was going to deliver these lessons because uh, cause I had a girl riding an elephant in the middle of a jungle. They were American teachers. Right. Uh, And Yeah. They said, no, no, we can't. We we just can't teach this. We can't be teaching people to ride elephants. It's just, it's inhumane. It's cruel. Wow. I think what they're forgetting is in many countries, they are beasts of burden. Right. And they are trained. (laughs) They're not just, I mean, I think for American experience, the the only reason elephants would ever be ridden is for tourist photos, but that's not the case in places like India and Thailand. They're ridden in much the way that we might ride a horse, or, or, or maybe an oxen, oxen-pulling plough kind of thing.
0: Well, of course, Americans have an interesting history with domesticated elephants, don't they? <laughs> they do. Are we talking about the Republicans? Oh, that's interesting. No, I, I was thinking about the first victim of an execution, an electro, electrocution, which was what? an elephant that was sentenced to death <laughs> after running rampant through, I think, New York. You're joking. No, no, no. Oh, all. This, is, oh this is apocryphal. Is, oh, is it true? No, it's absolutely
1: true. And, of course, the excrement that resulted from that execution was probably overpowering and somewhat overwhelming, yeah?
0: That's not a part of the story I recall. oh, But it was executed... Well, let's, let's imagine it's going to loosen its bowels once it's electrocuted, isn't it? I think it was executed with AC current because Thomas Edison <laughs> wanted to demonstrate that DC was much safer. So, can we just imagine
1: the kind of sizzling barbecue smells that might have emanate from? Is it twenty tons of meat? It's not twenty tons. An elephant can't be twenty tons, can it? Richard, they're fourteen. I mean, I was reading the Guardian the other day. You know, they're fourteen feet tall.
0: Still, twenty tons. Maybe ten tons. At extending <sighs> to ten tons, perhaps. Will it find the heart? Generally, that current. I mean, do you have to... Because I, mean,
1: I mean, there's lots of places where it could go in the body instead, isn't there? You know, when you're that big and that round.
0: My understanding <sighs> is that the elephant definitely died during the execution process. I would agree with you. It doesn't sound very humane, but it never does, does it? I mean, no, no electrocution sounds humane. But, now, but a big thing. The other thing that Harun says yeah. about New Asia and the robots is that one of the things the robots have been doing is looking after children that aren't wanted. Yes! So you see, there are parallels with, with orphanages, Richard. It, it comes to something, doesn't it? When, And I think it's this is a well-observed part of the script, actually, isn't it? This is totally believable. I can completely uh-huh. imagine that in the future, kids... We know that there are kids in orphanages right now that don't get adopted. And yet we know that there are human beings who want children and sometimes can't have them. Why is it the case that they don't find each other? Why can you not place kids with... People who want children—it just seems astonishing to me that that state should should exist. Well, I, it's an indictment of humanity, Paul. I think lots of people do do want to adopt. However, I'm not sure they want twelve-year-olds and thirteen-year-olds. Sure, you say that, but I'm sure there are people who would be happy to take in older kids. Honestly, how can it not if be
1: true? The, If they were just ordinary problematic twelve-year-olds, but you know, by the time people have been in care for however long. And the circumstances that force them into care, typically, objectively speaking, they aren't the nicest to twelve or thirteen-year-olds anymore, are they?
0: Okay, so what you're saying is we really do need robots to look after them, which again is complete. <laughs> it's completely believable. Part of the story here, I think, is that I think Maya did. Was she supposed to be like a a child who grew up in a robot orphan orphanage? Ah, uh, yes. Well done. It's a really interesting take on the whole thing, isn't it? That it's the AI who have the compassion to look after these children. And they wind up taking Joshua and Alfie to a kind of Tibetan monastery high in the mountains where they are keeping Maya, who is still alive, Joshua learns. But when he eventually gets into the inner sanctum of the temple to go and see her with Alfie, she is lying in intensive care, effectively. She's on a a ventilator. And the robot monk outside explains... She can't wake up. The robot monk was a nice touch. It I was, thought. yeah.
1: Again, has it? Re- have they reinforced themselves to become monks, or are
0: they just programmed to be monks? It's interesting. Would be nice to explore that. I think. And it says that although they know that she can't wake up and she's not going to come out of her coma, they can't switch her off because. They, can, That's right. they cannot harm their creator. As Movian rules, yeah. yeah. They cannot harm their creator. She is Nomata, we learn, effectively at this point. Joshua goes in, finds Mayaline lying uh, in this condition. The robots basically ask him. He turns off her life support. Not before, yeah. <laughs> not before. He takes a kind of download of her personality. Now, we've seen the U.S. colonel do this on a dead Marine oh, delay, and this, this,
1: this. Okay, now you don't want tangential kind of uh, connects with other movies. But we're watching Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, <laughs> yeah. the grave, the graveyard scene. Speak with dead. Yes, yeah. speak with dead. Okay, that's exactly what this is.
0: They found a techno speak with dead. That's right. The idea it's is speak with dead. You, you find a dead body, you take a download of its like neural net from its brain. You plug it into a robot or an AI and it can, like, re-instantiate that personality, at least for a the, short the, while. Yeah, the weird thi- right, OK, the weird thing is, OK, distance from
1: time of death before intervention, yet yeah, signal degradation. Once you've connected that person up, I don't really understand why we suddenly have 60 seconds to get sense out of them. Are you with me? Well, we don't know. It's speculation, isn't it? But it's a bit silly. You could imagine, though, that... I can't imagine how that would ever work.
0: No, there might be like an evolving... If you think about a neural net, there might be like an evolving pattern of network configurations that form the neural net at the different layers. It's possible, I suppose, that over time, like a chaos attractor, it would get further and further away from a stable state until it was just like gobbledygook coming out because all the neurons are firing at once or something. Whereas presumably in a brain, okay. it's all kind of, it's a driven oscillator kind of situation, isn't it? You, you, can, you can make up this shit till the cows come home. It's obviously not real, but I, th- I think it's quasi-credible. It's believable. But it does make it a lot like the spell, you're right. You're right. He, of course, is taking the engram, as it were, from Mayer at the instant of a death. So that's a good one, you'd think. It might last a There's long like time. It's like
1: a little micro SD card you've got a sl- slot in their heads. More like a like USB that. stick, isn't it, actually? Oh, USB.
0: Now, so the next bit is somehow... Well, the, the Americans are closing in on this secret base yes. of the robot separatists. There's going to be a massive fight. We know that Nomad is going to try and bomb the hell out of all the robots and stuff. And Huge set-piece battle, and it's quite cool. Obviously, Alfie, who has woken up now after she's been in contact with Maya, Alfie is going to end up on Nomad. I think Joshua takes her up there, doesn't he, in a
1: there are some nice cutesy moments where they're trying to show Alfie starting to learn to reason like a human. But it's not quite cutesy enough for me, really. Oh, you don't like it? Don't like kids, do you, Paul? No, it's just, I like, like it's not quite Sakurai enough. They're not, like, they haven't chosen the moments where she starts to. Click and become recognizably kind of kiddish. Hmm. Like she doesn't start wisecracking in a particularly funny way. She just starts wisecracking. I don't know. I think she's pretty cute. Okay, you liked it. She says. I just thought maybe we could have we could have devoted a bit more energy to seeing that transition as she becomes like really understanding of what human motives and human behavior is.
0: She basically says that Joshua is her friend, doesn't she? At some at some point, she does. We also learn, by the way, that obviously this kid was made by Maya, by Nermata. Yeah, It's a product of her and the child that she was carrying from Joshua, I think it's said, Aww. obviously made robot. And in a way, you know, it represents the final fusion, doesn't it? The, the cooperation between robots and humans. That's the symbolism of the child robot. Hybrid. You might
1: think this is cynical, like, pathos turned up to a Spielbergian <laughs> <laughs> level, but I I thought this actually quite worked that moment. I thought it was quite tender. I, I kind of agree. I think this bit is... Uh...
0: Touching away, I think it did work. I don't know how, but it did, you know. All right. Uh, Huge military battle going on. Race against time. All the good guys, all the robots are being blown up any moment. Alfie is on board Nomad, and, of course, she's going to use uh, How does she get up to Nomad? I mean, oh, they touch a moon shuttle, f- don't they? Flies are up there, yeah. On a moon shot. On we a moon, a quite, moon yeah. shuttle. Yeah. 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 They dock with Nomad. Turns out Nomad is absolutely vast, like a sort of city. It's gigantic. Yeah. It's got greenhouses. It's grown Death Star thump. size. It's gigantic. Exactly. That's what it is. Just like in Rogue One, he has this big hero villain machine. In Rogue One, it was the Death Star. Here, now he's just replaced it with Nomad, hasn't he? And we joke, it's obviously pointless, but... <laughs> It serves a function at the end of the movie, doesn't it? It's a focal point. And of course, Alfie's gonna blow it up. But along How does she the way they do
1: it quite cleverly, I think.
0: They go to the control room and I think switch it off or something and Oh.
1: Something <laughs> like that. Don't they get something to turn on itself or they get some rockets to fire in on itself or I I can't remember. It was all a bit much. It was lots of action, it was all wonderful. Don't think it was overdone, the action, but there's quite a lot to follow.
0: I think they make the cruise missiles that are stacked in the magazine blow up, don't they, on board? That's what they do, yeah. Yeah. Of course, at the end, there's a moment... Well, two important things happen at the end. One is that Alfie finds this android robot body that looks exactly like Maya, presumably her mum and Joshua's wife, and she plugs in the USB key... With Maya's engram on it that she was given by Joshua, therefore, kind of reinstantiates Maya in a robot body.
1: Oh, now I completely misunderstood Ah. all of that scene. Ah, okay. What did you think was happening? This is what I thought it meant. I thought it meant that the US was operating a false flag operation, whereby the creator was under their employ the whole time. Yeah, it was like the whole time, like it, or the whole of New Asia was just like <laughs> if you imagine a North Korea that isn't a North Korea, it's just pretending to be North Korea in order to better control the West. All done by the overlords in the West. I had a bit of a bit of a moment with all that.
0: Well, it does raise a question that hadn't occurred to me, which is why was there a robot that looked like? Yeah, mayo? I thought it was something. I thought that, that was something pivotal.
1: Like, so the West is creating this false enemy, New Asia in order for it to secretly develop robots that its populace wouldn't agree to. And it's all just a false flag sham operation kind of thing. Gigantic conspiratorial scale. Yeah. so
0: Sorry about that. I got it completely wrong. I don't know that you did get it completely wrong. I wonder if they needed a robot that looked like... (laughs) That looked like Maya, so they could fake pictures of Maya for the video to convince... Sergeant ah. Joshua to come on And therefore, the following that, potentially
1: the person he had met wasn't mayor at all. It was all just this, this Rosencrantz and Gilderstein Well, five years mayor. ago,
0: you think, the woman that you married and impregnated well a giant a CIA
1: operation to convince him <laughs> that all of this was real when it's- I, I'm not yeah. sure I believe that. No, I don't believe it either. But that's why I was... <laughs> you know, in the midst of watching this movie, I got completely the wrong tack on this.
0: I think you got a lot out of it. I mean, well done. Well, you got your money's worth.
1: Now, at the very end,
0: of course, we discover that the only way off the ship is an escape pod that Alfie can get to, but Joshua can't. But he's okay, because he embraces the robot mayor in a field of corn or something on board Nomad. A field of corn.
1: Yeah, right, okay. So, so... Before, I didn't say it was cynical kind of pathos. Now I think it's cynical pathos turned up to, to, to a Spielbergian <laughs> level. I didn't buy that. So.
0: Nomad is destroyed with our hero In a, on board. It,
1: entertaining in an impressive way, like that big ship crashing down is great.
0: And the escape pod lands, and little Alfie, Alpha O, gets out in front of an adoring crowd of robots and humans who are yes. all celebrating their new robot messiah has arrived. The end. And there we go. That is it. Okay. I know we've picked holes in it, but I did not not enjoy it. (laughs) I liked this film. I thought it was a lot of fun. If you take it for what it is.
1: I I don't see why. Apart from the fact that AI is just everywhere at the moment, I don't see why to make it AI necessarily is all I'm saying. Why not just make it about, you know, a future, a future war. Does it need to be AI?
0: I mean, you're right because first of all, why would AI want to do do us harm question and of course the big problem with that is it might not be that it wants to harm us but its motivations might not be properly aligned with our best interests the paperclip problem which i think we've discussed whereby you program a machine to run a paperclip factory and it bends everything in its power to doing that and it may not take account of human lives maybe sort of an incidental cruelty as it were Okay, so that's a potential problem, but it's not really what's depicted here, is it? No. Here it's depicted as an accident, and that the AI doesn't have it in for us at all. It's kind of defending itself, I suppose. Or is it? I mean, they're only defensive, aren't they, the the robots in this movie? They're never really going Mm -hmm. out. They're not going out and attacking, apart from the nuclear bomb. Okay. They're not really going out and attacking the Americans. We feel that was a mistake, anyway. Well, we're told that it's a mistake by one of the robots. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, could be again. We don't know exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, mm, I mean, it's very AI light, isn't it? In terms of how it approaches the whole topic. I think other AI movies we've seen. I mean, I don't know. have just uh, have dug in a little bit deeper, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, Ex Machina, for instance, was a much more and the one with the robot that brings the kid up.
1: Oh, few. I thought you meant the one with Pedro Al- 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 Pedro Almovidar, whatever it's called. The one Where he by... across a desert.
0: Oh. <laughs> Do you remember that, that? That's Automata. Automata. Yeah. I enjoyed that movie. Well, even that had more AI questions and philosophy than this does. It did.
1: And it dealt with the difficulty of creating and making robots, didn't it? Whereas this, it's all kind of conjured, isn't it, really? And it's very much presented on one surface level which is AI, very capable, and AI, probably very good. That's it, really, isn't but it? As a, you know? as a future war movie,
0: it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Now, the big thing about this is he did this on very little money, just like he did with...
0: Not... Monsters. Not Rogue. With Monsters. No, more importantly, one of the things he learnt about Monsters, learned from Monsters, I think, was that he... Was to... To do it the old-fashioned way, go and shoot he, on location and then on add location. the CGI afterwards. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and there isn't very much CGI. This is being touted as like genius. That's how all movies used, used to be made be done, with, yeah. with special effects. You go and film it, then you add the special effects later. Like It's being touted as if you discovered some new way to make movies. I guess they don't do that anymore. Is that right? It's all CGI these days.
0: A lot of work is done on green screen studios and replaced. Or The Mandalorian is using volume, you know, the, the volume, huge yeah. screens that, that project... A simulated background, but this. But the truth is, I mean, he's he's made a
1: eighty. He's made a three hundred million dollar movie for eighty million, which is very impressive using old-fashioned techniques.
0: It's yeah, it's a proper old-fashioned war movie. It's got exploding bridges and people running through the Asian village on the seafront and stuff like that, isn't it? But it doesn't
1: feel cheap, does it? It feels like a three hundred million dollar movie. You know, no, quite right. He's done it for a quarter the price, which
0: has to be lauded. That's very, very, very impressive. And the acting, which we can score now. Yes, let's score something. J.D.W. is great. So is Gemma Chan and Ken Watanabe doing a nice role as a as a robot. I mean, I, I really loved it. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it an eight for the acting. The acting carried. I'm going to give it a seven point
1: five. Splendid. Next thing, I think the plot is where it fell down. Okay, just a little bit. Okay, one, <laughs> it's not entirely convincing for the reason we've delved into. You, you
0: can drive but, driverless trucks through some of the plot, can't you? There are huge holes. E- you can't you knock your truck
1: it's, into there are robots driving driverless trucks, aren't there, in this <laughs> in this plot. I mean it's just one, it's such a windy windy road of a plot that kinda of goes everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And go why 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 all that detail? Just it would have been better, I think, to maybe lose a few of the scenes and just cut to the chase, so to speak. But then he does that with Monsters and Monsters is just such a trail of a not a road movie, a fucking train and plane movie, is it? <laughs> so, one, the plot is very, very sort of... I would say it's almost got plot diarrhea. But the big ideas don't quite tie it all together, do they? You know. Well, what is the big idea? There were,
0: idea? What
1: is the there were too idea? many. You know, Is it this idea of the death of American supremacy and the idea that dominant nations always see themselves as heroes, whereas, in fact, we should have a more balanced view about... The modern day, I think, you know, as a comment on the modern day. The heroes and villains as nations in our modern world. There's that, isn't there? There's a whole AI debate going on. There's something else going on. I'm not quite sure what it's all about. Well, it's and then, really, it's
0: very simple. It's can't we just work together? Okay. Can't we just give the kids nobody wants to the robots? And again, then we, but we got, I, I think he's, he's pushing forward all these
1: different robot behaviors. And I'm not sure that there's ever a cohesive kind of central argument that comes across
0: true but all of that said in service of the action it's a serviceable plot i've got to give it a six i think for plot five for me oh harsh special effects nine or maybe
1: 9.5 they're brilliant and cheap who's to complain about that nobody i don't know know, i don't
0: know how much of the robots were like real because you can do quite a lot of that quite real, and then rep- and then paint the people out, or the puppets out, or the puppeteers out. Or something. Yeah, I put your little
1: green spots on or whatever. think, yeah, yeah.
0: But, yeah, all of it looks like it lives in the world, the real world that he's taken the real images in. It's beautifully composited. The bits that I didn't like were probably Nomad. Oh, really? Is Nomad supposed to be in space, or is it in the atmosphere? Yeah. It's either too Opera big atmosphere. or too low, or... I, is it orbiting I don't it's know. supposed
1: to be in space but it looks like it's just above you because it's so gigantic and I got I, I liked his attempt to convey with a sense of awe the gigantic concrete scale of this thing I, it really worked for me I thought that was one of the things that worked for me
0: that was the weakest bit but generally wow. speaking the special effects I think are exceptionally good they slapped a 9.5 from me I'll give it an 8 so do we need to do AI. an AI
1: we do need to do AI yeah Possible, I thought. Uh, a man on the clap an
0: omnibus kind of treatise of AI. It's just, it's just presented as a plain dichotomy, isn't it? You've got one yes. group who say they're just machines and another group who say, well, I don't know what they say, actually. I don't know whether they I'm not <laughs> sure whether they're claiming that they're not machines or anything. They're just going, please don't kill us, basically. <laughs> I guess that in a way that's what it boils down to, but it's very simplified, isn't it? It is, but I think it is supposed to be a family war movie, isn't it? <laughs> You're not going to be writing your philosophy essay around this, so I'll give it, uh, I'll give it a five. I'm going to go a bit high. I'm going to give it a six for that. But overall, this is cracking. I think we'll be watching this at Christmas time in a decade, over and over again. So I, I, you know, I'm gunning for it to make back its money. It's
1: made back its production money already. Perhaps over its lifetime, it could... Can- get close to its marketing as well i don't think it's been particularly heavily marketed but obviously we have to see this is his first independent outing with the support of a big production company that isn't based around somebody else's franchise yes agreed. so typically they, they don't make a lot of money the first the first
0: times out do they? Uh, well, i think i'll give it an eight overall i'm going 7.5 on this one oh, i think we're basically uh, again in furious agreement with one another but we did disagree on individual scores. so That's a good sign that we're, we're, we're slowly being dejoined at the hip. We don't plan this. We don't no. confer about these things beforehand. We're quite no. rigorous about that. Paul, what? How is a self censorship head? What should we watch next week? <laughs> right. Okay. I can't be bothered giving you a choice. No, I know what you're going to do because Synchronic yielded some of our highest listenership figures of all time. It would be nice to
1: go back and revisit the franchise, wouldn't it? We such- the extended franchise.
0: So you're claiming that the the makers of Synchronic have got two other films that are in the same universe, in some way? Same vague universe, yeah. Okay. Certainly with, with connected backstories
1: or backwashes, okay, or back freezes. I don't know how you would call that. Just general kind of connectivity. Uh, I know one of them's called The Endless, and I know the other one isn't available to watch.
0: So take your pick. Rich. I don't think that's true. I think it is available to watch. But I don't know where you're getting information Not on Just Watch, it's not. Just Watch is the service we use to tell us these secret things, but I'm fairly sure you can. I think we'd have to buy it. So we're going with The Endless. The Endless, 2013, I think, or something like that. The Endless will be next week's movie. Do join us then. Until then, thank you for listening and goodbye. Ciao for now. See you on the next one. Bye.